Welcome to another episode of the JMS Podcast. We've got a great episode today. Uh, today's guest is Iris Benson. She's a comedian uh, based here in the Bay Area. And she's a, a really cool person, really, really cool person to hang out, had a good chat. Uh, very insightful chat, I found, when it came to those who are interested in acting or in, in uh, comedy. So yeah, so look forward to the uh, interview. How are we doing, people? How I hope your summer's going great. I really do. I really do. I'm sure you heard by now, but I got a Kickstarter project. That's right. I'm developing a web series. It's going to be a comedy drama uh, that will be on YouTube. Uh, I've already written the entire first season, and I've already casted most of the role. So this Kickstarter really uh, is for feeding the crew and to rent out equipment for the film crew. Uh, the web series is called Looking for St. Jorge. That's right. And it's pretty much uh, about a fictional version of myself. Uh, it's pretty much uh, Jorge, which is me, played by me, uh, is a struggling university student here in San Jose, California, and he's wishing to be a stand-up comedian. And the web series will feature a lot of local uh, comedians, stand-up comedians. It'll also feature a lot of local establishments in San Jose. Uh, and also a lot of musicians and poets. And the entire soundtrack of the web series will be made by musicians based here in the Bay Area. And I'm sure you could tell by now, but this is a very community-driven project of mine. That's right. Uh, I do aim to highlight these local talents. Uh, I think they deserve to have some exposure out there. And also, uh, not just the people, but also the city of San Jose. I know a lot of people shit on San Jose, you know, being, you know, boring or, or you know, just not meeting their expectations of what, you know, the, I believe it's the fourth largest city in California. Could be the third. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's the third largest city in California. And so the the same with this web series is also to highlight, you know, San Jose in a light that that will expose the creative people here and make us uh, and, and show people that, that we do have a scene here. We do have an art scene here. And and I believe it's a very it's filled with a lot of talented people. So looking for St. Jorge, uh, please, please, you know, check it out. The Kickstarter. Go on Kickstarter, search Looking for St. Jorge, and it's a picture of me on a rooftop uh, holding a red balloon. And that's our, our first official poster for the web series. And there's I got great actors in it already. Everything's great. Uh, so this money would really propel us to get things done a lot sooner. And it'll help me out a lot financially. I can use all the help. Check it out. Uh, please donate. There's a lot of great rewards. And also, if you can't, it's okay. Please share. You know, there, there's many people out there that have shared my Kickstarter page, and I'm very thankful for them. I share it around, share it to anybody who's interested. And uh, I mean, I figure Silicon Valley, you know, I, I figure people here, you know, would be interested in this kind of thing. And, and so, uh, please support. God, I feel like. But in some cliche way, I feel supporting this Kickstarter web series is very similar to supporting the arts here in the South Bay. And a couple of shout outs I want to give out to people who have already donated money to my Kickstarter. Uh, first up, Jacob Wheels. 
He's a comedian. Thank you so much, man, for giving uh, for donating some money to the Kickstarter. You were actually the first one. Again, thank you, Jacob. Uh, we have another Jacob, Jacob Ohausen. Thank you so much for donating. Uh, he was uh, me and him worked at San Jose State University. He was the president of the film society, and I was the vice. Jacob, thank you so much for your support. I really appreciate it. Then we have Lisa Lawrenson. Thank you, Lisa Lawrenson is such a sweet friend of mine. She's uh, from Sweden, and I, I swear this she's amazing on so many levels, so many levels, and she's so smart and so sweet and so nice, Lisa. I am honored for you to support my Kickstarter. Uh, Jorge Veitz, Veitz, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But as far as, far as right now, I'm going to assume it's Veitz. Jorge Veitz, don't know you, man, but thank you so much. Uh, looks like you are an awesome person for helping this Kickstarter project. Thank you so much, Jorge Veitz. Marty Morillo uh, is a musician. I met him at open mic at Frascati. Marty Murillo, thank you so much for supporting uh, this Kickstarter campaign. I truly appreciate it. Next time I see you at Frascati, I'm going to shake your hand, sir. And you know what? I think we'll share a beer. Cynthia Wanji, another great friend of mine. She's awesome. Thank you, Cynthia. Cynthia was actually uh, there the first time I even attempted to stand up. So <laughs> she was there from the very beginning. Yeah, Cynthia, thank you so much. Uh, Will Lineberry. Will Lineberry is from the band Time Will Decide. Thank you for supporting the Kickstarter uh, web series. I appreciate it so much, man. You got my back on so many things, and you're a great hype man. You're, you know, there's times where I feel like shit, where I feel like my project is not gonna go anywhere, and you come in and you just inject an energy of fucking optimism. I appreciate that, Will. Uh, next up, we got Kushaw Sivani. Oh, man, I'm so sorry if I fucked up your last name, man. But Kusha, you are an awesome guy. I met Kusha at, when I was going at Dianza. And this guy is so awesome. This guy is amazing. He's the nicest guy around. And he has a great sense of humor. In a lot of ways, I think he has a way better sense of humor than I do. This guy definitely belongs in the stage somewhere. He's a very smart guy, very outgoing. And just talking to that guy, you, nothing go wrong, man. This guy is awesome. He's... he's He's somebody where once you get into the conversation, you know it's not small chat. You know it's like, you know, this is a, and you're having a very honest conversation with somebody. Kusha, thank you so much, man. And our last one, and she is, she donated so much money to the Kickstarter that she propelled us to go halfway of our goal. Pauline Guest, I cannot thank you enough, Pauline. Pauline, you are awesome. I know Pauline years ago. We were at Deanza together. She's a very good friend of mine. She's in Australia right now. And when she donated $1,000, I had to go contact her and be like, hey, I think you made a mistake. Did you mean $10, maybe even $100? And she sent me such a lovely message. She responded. She, she made me cry. Let's put it that way. And she's a true believer of my work and my vision and my work ethic and Pauline I just hope I don't let you down I really don't because that means a lot to me sometimes I I'm very hard on myself where I lose faith in myself but it's people like you who who have faith in me that 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 made me realize that hey you know there's people out there 
that really believe in what I do, whether it's film, whether it's writing, poetry, music, uh, or in general, just, just, you know, hanging out with them. God, I'm about to cry. But yeah, thank you for the support, all of you. And thank you for those that shared my Kickstarter on Facebook. You know, even if you didn't donate, I don't care. Just the fact that you took the time to spread it, thank you. It means a lot. It really does. But we're not over yet, people. We're only halfway there. Please check out Kickstarter. Search for Looking for St. Jorge. There's a video of me explaining the plot. And it goes in detail of where the money is going to. And I may have a pilot already. Uh, you could check the pilot out at uh, YouTube. Just look for Looking for St. Jorge, Heart of Gold. And that pilot itself took me a while to make. And I got so much support from the community. You know, the, the local theater, the local musicians. Like Everything's original, man. Everything in this web series is original. All the music, I've written the theme song. I had the, the band Time Will Decide to compose it. And it's grassroots stuff here. And I want to, again, thank you all who are supporting so far. And spread, and those who are listening, please spread the news. Please spread the this campaign. And I assure you, I will do my very best to give a top quality uh, product, pretty much. That's what it is. It's, 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 it's a web series. And a lot of these people are, you know, don't take web series too, too uh, seriously. But at the same time, a lot of people didn't take uh, small startups like Netflix too seriously at one point. If you ask me, the web series is still uncharted territory. And I feel with this project, we're going in a very uh, different direction than most web series are going right now. And again, I, for me, there's a lot at stake here. It's a huge passion project of mine. Uh, it, it's It's just... For me, it's a big love letter, really, to San Jose and its comedians, musicians, and poets. Bottom line, that's what it is to me. It's, it's just one big saying, hey, you know, this is San Jose. This is what we're all about, and these are the people in it. And, yeah, there's a love story in there, and, and there's characters, but at the end of the day, that's what it's about. You know, looking for St. Jorge is code for looking for San Jose. All right, let's move on to the interview. Here's Iris Benson. Check it out. All right, Iris Benson, thank you for coming to the Jamis Podcast uh, studio. Yeah. You know, I, I, got, I got air quotes going. It's not much of a studio yet, but we're getting there. It's, it's more of a studio than I've seen on a lot of podcasts. Really? Done, so. Oh, see? Yes. It's how professional we are that I forgot to turn off my phone. But, Your uh, Facebook messages are coming in. Yeah, yeah. Well, Iris Benson. Yes. Let's see. The first time I've met you was at the caravan. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, I thought you were... I didn't know you were a comedian at, ah. at, at the time. And uh, I remember I, I have this joke about horoscopes, right? Uh-huh. And then I came off uh, from performing. And then you tapped me on the shoulder. And, and, and you told me that 
because uh, you know I use Aquarius and Libra as you know. Oh right, right. right. Did, did you, I correct your astrology? Yes, yeah. You you corrected me. You're like oh, you know it's you told you told me uh, it's actually uh, Cancer and Aquarius that don't get along. You know, just letting you know. <laughs> but yeah, Libra and Aquarius are very compatible. <laughs> I didn't know. It tells me how much I knew about the whole you know astrology, and I just found it interesting. I was like, oh, wow, you know, people out there, you know, maybe I I, I could offend people out there. You know, well, hopefully not. You know, I'm making fun of it. Like might, as well, might as well get it right, right? <laughs> right, right. Uh, but however, it just doesn't work the same. The, the joke doesn't work the same. Uh, the punchline, the punchline does not work the same. Sorry. Really, just because um, you plugged in different astro- astrological signs, or there's is something it the about type the, of what is the joke? You have to tell the joke. Uh, well, the, the whole idea where it's like borderline racism, and because you know, I give an example where I'm on a date and she prejudges me based on the stars that were over my head when I was born. Uh-huh. And the final punchline is like, you know, Libra, please. Uh, oh. So it, it kind of rhymed with the with the, with, with the um, vernacular. Right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yes, you I know do. where I'm going with this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's like, again, it goes back to that racism well, you don't background. Well, ch- you don't have to change the Libra. You can make the other, you can change the Aquarius. Yeah, yeah. But I just find fascinating. Are like, you an Aquarius? So you I am. I, I am Aquarius. Yeah, joke. that's actually ah. true. That's actually very true. And it's like, wow, she she just corrected me. And at first, I don't know how to take it. <laughs> and then you performed. Yeah. I was like, oh, she's a comedian. Uh, so and at the time, I was very new. So uh, I was like, you know what? I should yeah, really yeah. listen to 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 comedians. You know, veterans at this thing because you know, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And yeah. if she thinks my joke could get better somehow, I try it out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was the first time I met. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Like, yeah, you do. yeah. I I remember saying that to somebody. I didn't have a specific. <laughs> yeah. You know, like when you said it, I'm like, yeah, okay, I can see that. Because actually, like, I've heard, a lot of times people do astrology stuff, and uh, you can tell that they haven't like studied it. And it, like, I'm not into astrology, you know, like, right. but I was in high school. And like, so it's just one of those things that I just am like, you know, that's not even why, you know, like they're just pulling stuff at like, there is going to be some like nutcase that's really into astrology. That's just going to be like, it's like, just like gonna... how far did you, uh, were into it? Were you into for like relationship tips or stuff like that? Cause I'm also my sister uses it for. Yeah, I think it started out as that, you know, you like boys in high school and you find out their astrological sign and then. But uh, also, like, I think it was just, like, I I was into, like, the occult stuff in general. Like, I was into, like, being psychic and meditating and shit. fascinating. Because I was also, (laughs) actually, in high school, in middle school, I was very much into paranormal investigation myself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, how far into it were you in this? Mm, I think uh, it was mostly sophomore year, but I did get a book I did like do people's astrological charts for like a good year I did mine I found out like what time they were born you know because that like matters and then I, I did like their whole <laughs> thing and was right. like yeah you know you figure out you supposedly like what kind of job they're gonna have and blah 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 so was it like a uh, tarot readings Oh, I did those too. Yeah. I still like to do those. Those are fun. Like I don't really take a, put a lot of stock into them, but th- those are fun to play with sometimes. Do you, uh, I had a tarot reading once, and 
don't know. It was weird. I I don't know how to interpret it. Yeah, yeah. But she's like, yeah, you know, oh, looks like you're going to be broke for most of your life. I was like, oh, thank you. I got that to look forward to. <laughs> well, you are in film. That's true. I'm in comedy <laughs> and film, so the, the cards just may be right. <laughs> she could you, she could have just figured that out from you saying, uh, <laughs> I want a career in the arts. She'd right. be like, okay, you're going to be poor uh-huh. for the rest of your life. <laughs> I should have known that. <laughs> Uh, and was it through high school? Has uh, were you into any of the arts? Uh, yeah. Well, in well, some I ways, think... that is the arts, right? Tarot reading and this whole astrology. Uh, there's some artistic uh, value to it. Would you say? Sort of. I feel like that's more of a philosophical thing because it's like any kind of thing that has like a spiritual meaning is usually like lumped in with philosophy and mythology and that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. But um. But, uh, yeah, I did theater when I was, like, starting when I was, like, nine. So I was always, like, a theater nerd, and then I drew a lot when I was a kid. So it was kind of artsy, but then the theater stuff kind of took over, and I stopped really being interested in drawing. Which, uh, if you like to draw, you should keep drawing, because you're going to lose that skill. And then you're going to think you can get it back and go to illustration school for two years and waste your fucking time. Yeah. It's like uh, <laughs> Picasso once said that uh, everybody is an artist. Yeah. The whole deal is about uh, keeping it when you become an adult. Like, yeah, keep... it's true. Yeah. It's true. And me, I'm a bad, like... Uh, I'm re- I can't even draw stick figures right. Like uh, yeah. when when I when I storyboard my films, mm-hmm. I do stick figures, and even yeah, then, yeah. you know, they make fun of me. My own oh, yeah, my own yeah. crew makes fun of me. How funny! Yeah, yeah. But art, so you were in theater. Uh yeah yeah. Couple, what kind of productions were you? In? Um, I well I did uh, I never actually did theater when I was in high school. I did like programs outside of school. Um, with like California Theater Center and then uh, and then I got older and I did um, the theater Foothill College used to have a theater program like yes a, it's a very good one yeah community college really level good. yeah or actually but you know what a lot of ways, yeah. it was it's community college level and community college prices but um, I see people all the time like that uh, went to other schools that are like more prestigious technically that are in plays with people that went to Foothill the Foothill people fucking blow them away so well I feel in the arts it doesn't really matter too much where where you studied it I mean well yeah it it depends I I, I started from the De Anza film and that's going to be college film program yeah yeah and I remember we used to uh, you know you would think, you know, fil- filmmaker students from like UCLA or, yeah. or, or, but it's like, they might have more better resources, but yeah. b- bottom line, we're, we could just as much get to that level. Yeah. And, and that's coming from a community college though. Yeah. Well, and I think our community colleges, um, are like, I definitely not, not to shit on San Jose state too much, but, um, I feel like I got w- way more learning at Foothill. Did you transfer to San Jose state? Yeah. Were you in the RTVF program? Uh, I, w- I was in the theater program. I majored theater, in yeah. theater with a, uh emphasis on um, writing and research. It's funny you say that. Because uh, uh, well, I'm not shitting on them because, you know, I'm still there. And, yeah. and I, there's a lot of talented people. Yeah. But there, there was a difference in the film program of San Jose yeah. State and, and De Anza. And both sides have the pros and cons. Yeah. And in some ways, it's, all, it's almost like... Uh, 
one strength is the weakness of the other and the other's strength yeah. is weakness of, I mean or the, whatever the point I'm trying to make is it's two different flows right right and I remember for the first year I had a, a hard time accommodating well I remember San Jose State you just have to sit through lectures so much before you get to like do anything whereas like a community college like in everything I did you could just get up and like in the art class you didn't have to wait for a long ass lecture from the teacher you just start working on your art you know or like almost everything you got up and did the thing you were studying and that's how you learned it whereas I feel like at San Jose State not so much in the theater classes but I feel like they're like mandated to do a certain amount of lecture oh, like upper GE classes yeah yeah and uh they don't really that's not really necessary in a theater or film program well, really Iris they want your money that's yeah, what it is yeah they do that's true <laughs> There's so many classes I've taken at San Jose State that have nothing to do with my major, but, you know, I'm obligated to do so to, to graduate. Yeah, but it's not even that. Like, even within my major, like, there's stuff that they have to, uh, they have to, like, they have to do a lecture when it's not the best way to teach the class, hmm. you know, because of some weird state or United States rule or something. When were you going at San Jose State? I think I've I've been gone there for three years now, probably. I think yeah. Oh, are you still going there? Uh, no. I I mean I I haven't gone there for like three years. Okay, so about three years ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't really graduate though. I have like one class that I have to take. But that uh, one class. Well, and it's like I've taken like all the classes that, like basically a. Uh, the class I could have substituted for that class, I substituted for another credit, and now they're just like not giving it to me. Hmm. So, so what's your uh, process when it comes to acting? Is there a particular uh, method of acting that you're into? Um, I well, not really. I like like the Meisner stuff, where it's like just reacting off of somebody a mm -hmm. lot. Um, but no, I, I've studied like a bunch of different. I've never had a teacher that just taught like one technique so they will teach like Stanislavski or they'll teach an improv exercise that guy's a... fascinating uh, the, the, the whole idea there's, oh, some, yeah. there's some movements that convey emotions yeah yeah so you gotta do these exercises before you... yeah yeah it's that guy right or am I thinking of someone else uh, it might be that guy he's like the the godfather the Ru Russian of everything guy. yes yeah like every everybody like all of the the acting teachers passed him like uh, Meisner, Stella Adler, Strasberg, all of those guys studied with him and mm -hmm. then like branched off into their own thing. Like they're all basically teaching him, but like yeah. other shit that they learned, like how they, it's, they're teaching him, but filtering him through like their own thing. And then you got like, uh, I believe it's uh, Ute Hagen. Ute Hagen. Ute yeah. Hagen. Yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. It's fascinating stuff. I, the art of acting, it's like, you know, people outside of it shit on it. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's it's, it's a skill. It's very involved. Yeah. yeah. And it, it can be exhausting. It is. Very yeah. exhausting. Yeah. Um, And it, it's, it's not just about waiting for mm -hmm. the film, but on uh, the film side. But uh, me, I, I, I was in theater and I enjoyed it. Very much so. Cool. So in a lot of ways, theater saved me through uh, my senior year in high school. Uh -huh. um, but 
I like the theater approach to things. You know, the the, the film acting one. It took me some adjust, adjustment to make. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't have to be as um, you know, big. Yeah. Right. And so for me, it's like you know, it's more about the, the eyes and Gotta more. Gotta keep it about, simple. Exactly. Yeah. Not overdo it. Uh, but you don't have no specific process that you follow, or or it, once you're given a script or a character, do you do like a character study, a background? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, there's, I took a class from this uh, this woman, Billy Shepard, and she might even teach at San Jose State now because she was in the master's program for mm. a while. So I know she taught couple classes and so I learned I learned some really good stuff from her uh yeah it's basically uh just knowing what you're gonna say and knowing the the person inside and out and I don't know I sound like a pretentious asshole uh not really uh, (laughs) I've I've met a lot of pretentious actors and you're not coming off to me that way at all thank you yeah just uh, if anything it's your it's insightful information for anybody out there who's trying to get into acting I guess that's true um, yeah, it's just a knowing the character and reading the script as many times as you get a chance to, and like yeah. even just picking out like knowing what you're saying, like knowing about astrology when you're talking about astrology, <laughs> stuff like that. All right. You know, because um, even like there's a when I do comedy, uh, like I'll hear a comedian and they'll say some some like cliched thing and I'm like you didn't experience that and I can just tell that you didn't really experience that like a dick joke or yeah what are about yeah here? sometimes a dick joke one time uh at Rooster Tea Feathers there was this guy and he was like talking about like dating white women and how they'll do everything you tell them to do and they're like nice all the time I'm like you've never dated a white woman <laughs> Yeah, I'm a white woman. I wouldn't even date you. Is that yeah? No, it was it wasn't that. It was just the way he was talking about it. He was just parroting something that somebody else said, uh-huh. like, and not necessarily stealing somebody's joke, but just like using some cliched belief that people think. Like he he, I was just like, I can tell just by the way you tell that joke that you've never fucking you probably haven't even dated a woman ever you know wow. like, okay. <laughs> like like i didn't i didn't say like it wasn't like with you where i came up and said something to you but i was the host of the show so i said it on stage wow you, you, you put it on blast <laughs> I did. did you oh my god did. how did that turn out it turned out awesome did it, the, I, I said something like it's like when i said something like uh you told her like I can tell by the way you told that story you've never dated a white woman it's like when somebody talks about sex and they're like it, it was it was felt like it rubbing my dick against an old shoe like that's like what it that's what you sounded like uh, do you find this uh, practice very common with comedians um, where, where you feel like you're such full of shit you've never done that before or occasionally not okay. not so like most of the time i think they kind of uh because we all d- disguise our lives when we're talking about comedy we like leave out the shit that makes us look stupider or you know like well yeah we, uh, we all embellish the the american comedy hero is the guy that can, that's the the slick you know could get away with anything the cool guy who, who's almost, you know, can't really do no wrong. He, he get out of any situation and, yeah, yeah. and come out as, you know, the funny guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, 
Yeah, I just, uh, but for for whatever reason, every once in a while, somebody will say something. Usually it's like their logic just doesn't quite work out, you know, like uh, there's a, another guy that uh, he has this joke about how like some girl wouldn't let him open the door for him for her because she was a feminist i'm like you never met that girl shut up you never met a feminist a feminist wouldn't do that come on yeah exactly any anybody would do that yeah so when you do your stand-up how much of it do you take from your acting experience um like do you feel like you play a character when you do stand-up not so much uh when i first started i like my first two or three successful bits I did a lot of act outs, which are like where you play a different character, like within your bit, and uh, and uh, it got a really good response when I did that. So I was like, well, now I have to have an act out in like every bit, because um, I wanted to. I, I'm always thinking about like when I have like a whole hour, like a cohesive hour. Like I'm always thinking about like the special quote unquote that might happen someday and like you know the flow of it you Uh know and so I was like well now I have to have an act out in like every bit so that like I have like a signature thing but then I kind of dropped that having a signature thing what do you mean by that like well just um like uh just having like a consistent tone throughout Uh your act you know what I'm saying and that's when you start worrying about segues segues yeah, yeah and, which uh, are very difficult yeah I, I find it difficult at least i don't know yeah actually that's a that's a thing that i've uh come to realize you don't need a segue you just finish your bit and go on to the next bit you don't need a segue hmm. like i don't usually do segues but i do kind of put things in an order where it kind of makes sense without having to have a segue while I'm going on to the next thing. Okay. You know, like if So I, are you looking for like a sense of rhythm? A consistent rhythm? Yeah, maybe. But maybe that's a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> but like I'll have a like I have a lot of material on the types of shitty jobs I've had, right? But uh, uh and so I've at one point I thought, well, maybe I'll just do an hour that's basically about like jobs I've had and it never works if I just focus on just stuff about jobs. But if I, if I focus on different aspects of having a job, you know, then I could do like three or four bits before it gets old and I have to move on to something else like dating or whatever. Um, I don't know. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm rambling. Right no, now. that makes, yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> okay, of course. good. And what kind of jobs are you, are you talking about here? Um, well, I used to uh, be an esthetician, which is somebody that does like facials and waxing. And then I also did massage. So I have some stuff about that. Um, and then I, I have a lot of stuff about getting fired. Oh. Cause I got, I finally got fired. I did that, that kind of stuff for like 11 years and, and I worked at one place for eight years and then another Was this place the, the waxing three. place? Mm-hmm. Got fired. How did you get fired for like, I don't know. Did you pull someone's toupee? No. Or? Um, no, I, I worked for like a corporate place called InSpa. And, uh, fuck InSpa. Yeah. You put an <laughs> emphasis on that. Uh, um, and they... 
it was very it was like a political thing like this girl uh, got promoted to manager and um, everybody hated her and like a lot of girls quit mm-hmm. but I didn't quit because I finally got like the hours like the schedule that I like because everybody else quit so there's get... no hours open yeah <laughs> so I was like now I can work during the day and get do stand up at night um, oh and also I uh, I got an overuse injury from doing massage so I couldn't do massage anymore so I wasn't as useful to them because I couldn't do massage and they try and not because they're a corporation in spa so they wouldn't let anybody work full-time hours because they didn't want to give them benefits mm. as a full-time employee so when I was a massage therapist and an esthetician um, they they had me as two different things so even though I was working like 36 something hours a week um, like they a full-time massage therapist they had it 20 hours because it's such a strenuous job that they just figured but they only had me work 19 hours of massage and then uh, estheticians like had to work anyway mm-hmm. um is this getting boring tell me if it's no it's fascinating I, I never this whole thing i've never knew about right? yeah so uh that's they were very tricky so i even though i was working full-time hours I was never a full-time employee um and then once I stopped being able to do massage uh I didn't I didn't I wasn't as useful to them and then this one bitch got promoted and she was like just a giant whore her name was Camille (laughs) (laughs) Camille and uh oh so she was Mexican she was she was uh, I don't think it mattered. That doesn't I, 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 have anything. Just, just wrong. Sorry. Just I just rung. wanted to say her whole Enjoy. name. Yeah. Um. And uh, and yeah, she she wrote me up like three times, and uh, and one time she tricked me. She was like, "I need to use your room for this thing," and like they do room audits. And, what is uh, that? A room audit? They they check your room to make sure it's like as clean as they want it. But she was like, I need your room. Can I use your room for oh, this no. interview? Did she fuck it up? And she audited my room. <laughs> but it wasn't like she told me she was going to audit my room. You know, like usually they're like, the room audits are coming up. So maybe fucking clean it a little more. Right. You know? Give me some heads up. Yeah. Um, so then she wrote me up and didn't tell me about it. And then, like, th- when they fired me, they had, like, three write-ups. Wow. And uh, and and one of them, the, like, the nail in the coffin was one, one client complained that I didn't seem happy enough. <laughs> See, that's the fucking worst to me. Yeah. <laughs> is, this, is this whole concept of, of always being happy. And this is, I think this is only in corporate uh industries yeah where, where they have a, a perception or an image to keep up yeah and and for me at least you know the best way i can relate it is to the food industry i think it's very detrimental to the food industry this whole concept of you know the customer's always right always yeah, be smiling yeah. it's like no it's it's about the food yeah right i mean i mean i, I don't expect the waiter to, to be an asshole food? yeah but, <laughs> like, but you know just at the same time you know you shouldn't come with high expectations of people of being entitled for people to be smiling at you yeah. and being being overly nice to you. And first of all, like the one of my biggest waiter pet peeves is when they keep fucking asking me if everything's okay, like right when I'm in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> 
You yeah. know, like that always happens to me. I'm like, I was just about to make the most important point of the conversation, <laughs> and you have to ask me if everything's okay. Yes, everything yeah. is fine. Yeah. Like, you know, like why don't they just have bells at the table? You can just ring them. Right. But then that would be rude. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, in the like, let's see. I got fired once. Yeah. And kind of for this, not really similar reasons, but uh, let's see. It's embarrassing, but hot dog on a stick. I got fired from hot dog on a stick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah. And uh, pretty much, it was my first job that, like, my first official job that once wasn't uh, under the table. Once they start um, being allowed to hire men. Uh, I think it was have. Have they not? Or. Oh, I think they just used to have cute girls in yeah. front jumping. They still do. Like like but, but, doing the thing with their boobs jiggling while they make well, lemonade. When they have men, it's usually very in the back. Uh, frat looking oh. men. Like oh. more muscular, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So I still have no idea why they even hired me in the first place. Because I didn't look <laughs> right. nothing like that. Right. But uh, it was my first job that was under that was not under the table. And I was nervous. I don't know how to you know yeah. approach it. and. And he just, you know, this whole thing of, you know, always smile when you're doing the lemonade and oh, and so on. It was, it was, I've never seen anybody it, it, smile when they do the lemonade. Pretty much customer service at that point was very new to me. Because yeah, me, yeah. I, I came from a, more of a, of a, a working, you know, landscaping yeah, background yeah. or yeah, working exactly. somewhere with my hands. Yeah. And I don't deal with people, you know. It's like, hey, you know, you got to shovel up this. Yeah. Go do it. It's like, all right. So it was the first time uh, that I had to deal with uh, customer service, and uh, I got fired because let's see, well, yeah, because I, I just didn't fit with their um, you know happy-go-lucky mentality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's oh, me. That's too bad. I love hot dog on a stick, man. Those oh, there, it's sticks. good. It's Fuck. good. It's good. I, I haven't eaten there in like at least five years, but man, those cheese sticks—they do it uh, for me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, going back to your comedy yeah. uh, and acting, yeah, uh, I've mentioned before. If you play a character, and you say not really, and it seems uh, it seems you gather a lot from your life and you put in yeah. your comedy, which yeah. is fascinating to me. Yeah, because in acting, I feel it should be similar, where there's a yeah. character, but it, it's only fifty percent. You get to put your stuff, yeah, into the character. Well, because that's how you identify with the character is through your own experiences right you know like, whether you're playing a villain or a hero there has to be some part of you yeah they could inject in there yeah and in exactly. comedy i feel the same way you know uh i'm not sure if you feel the same way about comedy do i do yeah i i think yeah it's more so in comedy like i uh um like there's some comedians that i i don't really like not because they're not funny or like they're not good writers but just I don't really believe or identify with them you know like uh like Jezelneck do you know mm -hmm. Anthony Jezelneck yeah like every time I see him I'm like I don't care about you because I don't think you're that person at all you know on stage like you're just being a smug asshole who's clever and I don't you, you think he's a nice person in real life I don't know if he's a nice person in real life, but he's not that person that he's he is on stage. I know he's not that person, you know. Like, we don't we have no idea who he really is, basically, and that like bothers me. Why do you think when that I is? Watch him. Why do you think it is that we don't know who he is? Or no, that, that bothers why? you that he's not being himself on stage. 
Um, I don't, I just don't think it's funny, and I think it uh, it cuts people like off from their humanity if they like mm. watch him and and think I'm gonna be that guy. You know, like, I'm going to be... I want to emulate that guy. Yeah. When it's not them at all. Yeah. Okay. Which, I mean, it's not his responsibility to be somebody to emulate. Like, it's not. Like, I'm not saying that. But I just, when I watch an artist, like, that's... I always think that. I'm like, why do you even want to be seen as that person at all? You know, like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know either. But no, but uh, yeah, that's a very fascinating take on it. Yeah, and uh, I I believe you you play a kind of a character up there. Yeah, you you kind of or or is it me? Not. I mean, I assuming. I don't know. I I definitely uh, I'm an edited version of myself. Right. I guess is the way to put it. Yeah, I I think for me my stand up kind of a little exaggerated myself. Mm Hmm. But for the most part, it, it's me, I like to think. Yeah. Uh, and it's usually things that I honestly do believe in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, for example, the horoscope one, uh, I, I was actually on a date where I forgot what it was, but she's like, hey, you know, I guess, uh, which is weird because she was Buddhist. So she, I, I don't know why she was into astrology. I don't know. It was weird. I think she was just crazy. <laughs> it sounds like she's crazy. Uh, I have a history of dating crazy women. But to be fair, I'm quite a crazy myself. So I can't really, you know, it's not their fault. I basically, entirely. I think if they, uh, if they're very strongly identified with any kind of religion, I'm immediately like my crazy bells go off. Did you grow up in a religious household? No, I, I actually almost grew Well, my mom's religious. My dad, um, my dad's an atheist because he grew up in a really religious household. Huh. So I kind of have... That does it usually? Yeah. I So I have that, uh, like, where I have my grandmother who was, like, super religious. Like, my dad, my grandmother, my aunt um, are very religious. And then my dad my dad's I'm assuming Christians or Catholic yeah yeah they were Seventh Day Adventist which is like Uh, not Mormon super fundamentalist uh, okay um, they're sort of like a mix between like Jehovah's Witnesses and Jews they're they're right in the middle (laughs) well they they celebrate the Sabbath so like Mm -hmm. they go to church on Saturday like the Jews do but then everything else is like super crazy Christian but you personally did not grow up in that environment no, well, um, only when you visited grandma. When when I visited my grandma, so I would, and she would take me to church, and I got really into that shit because they had some awesome. They had like bomb potlucks. Um. You're so right. Uh, my 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 mom would, you know, be, my mom and my sister hopped around different churches for oh, some yeah. Yeah. reason. I don't know, but one of the churches they had like uh, like taquitos, tacos, oh, and for yeah, me, yeah. It's the only thing I looked forward to going yeah. to church was the food. Me too. The desserts. Yeah. <laughs> it was in Arkansas. My grandma's from Arkansas. Like yeah. I was born in Arkansas, and um, and I had this great aunt that baked like the best pies ever. And I actually bake pies because of her. And um, so like I always knew if it was potluck day, Lynn was gonna bake a pie, you know. And I would get There's something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. I, I but she would just bake pies on requests. So I don't oh. like if I was like if I went to her house and was like, "Is there pie?" and she was like, "Not yet," you know. <laughs> you got to call ahead. Y- yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned Arkansas. You're, yeah. You, you, were you born and raised over there? 
I was born there and I lived there till I was six. And then we moved to, my dad uh, got a, a computer science degree. So he moved to, we first moved to Pacific Grove, which is like between Monterey and Carmel. Mm-hmm. And then we That's moved to Cupertino. Place. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Cupertino. Well, sorry to disappoint. Yeah. <laughs> Cupertino was really lame. Was this back in the nineties? The dot com era? This is the eighties. Eighties. I'm gonna be thirty nine in a month. So yeah, it was the eighties. Uh, yeah, and then uh, so I visited my grandmother during the summer till I was like nine, and then I sort of started wanting to hang out with my friends over the summer and so your is your father still in computer sciences Mm. he's sort of uh he he got laid off which sort of makes him retired (laughs) yeah Uh, in the tech industry usually that's what happens he's looking for a job but not Not that hard you know (laughs) how about your mother my mom she cleaned houses uh and then she mostly cleaned houses and sold vacuum cleaners and then um uh also does like caretaking stuff like she she did I don't know if she was a nurse's assistant but she worked in hospitals on and off but it sounded like she was fucking miserable every time she worked in a hospital. Yeah. It's, just, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Um any and, any of your parents in, in anything artistic in any way? Um, no, but my dad's side of the family, uh, my grandmother painted my, I have a cousin that paints, um, he paints and he's a musician, like oh. he's super artistic. What kind of music? Um, guitar. Uh, <laughs> Is that a genre? He's, 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 he's done all kinds of music. He's like, uh, he's 12 years older than me. So he's like in his fifties now. He's done like everything. He's done. He's even worked with like rap people. Not like he's not like a super professional, but he just does music all the time. So there's a creative gene in your family. Yeah, for sure. Okay. On my dad's side, definitely. And stand up. At what point were you like, I'm going to do stand up? Really early, actually. Before like, acting? Um, no, because I well, I've been acting since I was nine. But I. Oh wow! Um, yeah. But I think uh, probably my second or third year of... Well, I guess when you start acting that young, everything is about, like, making people laugh. Like, they don't... They don't... In kids' drama camp, they don't really focus on, like, the deep, dramatic roles. It's just about having fun mm-hmm. and, like, doing improv and stuff. But then um, at some point, uh, I played... I, I was doing... a. A production of the jungle book when I was like 10 or something and I got I didn't get like a, a lead role but I got like four small roles that were kind of fun and one I played a buffalo so I just made like my buffalo sound and everybody laughed every time I made the buffalo sound were they so laughing like, with you or at you they were laughing with me okay um yeah and then I was like this is it. It's all about being funny. Right. And so I always got like the funny roles. Uh, like from then on, I was always like, I'm going to fucking make people laugh. I'll get the role. And it, it worked. So you were like into I, comedy early on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I think around high school, I started thinking I might want to do stand up just because like the show Roseanne was on, Margaret Cho. 
her show was on and when you're 15 like it's a good show I don't know what it's like now I haven't watched it in years everybody was like that was a terrible show I'm like I don't know if it was a terrible show uh, in a lot of ways Girl. it was ahead of its time not uh, Roseanne Roseanne's a, a wonderful show yeah it's a great show but Margaret Cho's show All American Girl she did a sitcom it was like the first Asian mm-hmm. sitcom I've seen a couple episodes looking back yeah and a lot of it I felt was personally hacky well, yeah but it seemed almost forced because the studios take over yeah, yeah. and that, that stuff is a whole mess especially yeah. if you're a new comic who's not familiar with the, with the TV yeah. industry yeah. they will fuck you over yeah yeah uh, it, which is you know in some ways, you know, people like me and you who come from a uh, theater or, or yeah. filmmaking background yeah. have an advantage doing stand-up. Right. Because you have a sense of what we're dealing with. You right, know? right. And, and if, we saw, if we see bullshit, we call it out. Right. But with Margaret Cho, I feel the studios took over and they tried to contain it in a very almost too uh, uh, mainstream American way. Yeah, yeah. Which kind of, for me, didn't work with well. Yeah. But, 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 but I know, was like... 15 when it came out right so like when i was 15 i was into level, yeah what was i into something stu- like even stevens no that was a pretty dumb show on disney I don't oh I don't, I don't remember i regret even saying that i might even take it out okay <laughs> uh um, but so you got into comedy and in high school you consider stand-up i considered stand-up but i was always like too afraid to do it and i didn't really know where to do it like you hear about like Dave Chappelle or was this in Monterey or, or in this was in Cupertino, Cupertino. Oh. I didn't yeah, I moved to Cupertino many things to do when I was Cup- eight uh-huh. yeah there's nothing to do in Cupertino um I lived but, there for a little bit yeah oh you did yeah I moved there with a couple roommates um, oh okay and you're right there isn't much yeah um it's good if you don't really want to do anything like if you're into suburbia you'll love it donut wheel's great <laughs> I love donut wheel because it's something open twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just wish they served alcohol there. I should tell you about my uh, my twentieth high school reunion because I ended up at Donut Wheel. Um, like the entire reunion was at no, Donut Wheel. No, okay, no. that would have been sad. No, that would have been sad. Um, but uh, but yes. Anyway, uh, so no, Mar- let's go Mar- there. Hold on, Donut Wheel. Like you went to your reunion. Things didn't work out. You want to do that? Okay. I, did, I, I guess I lost the thread of what we were talking about. We could go before. back. I know. We could go back to it. Okay. But I'm, I'm really fascinated. How do you end up in Donut Wheel on your 20-year reunion? Well, because um, my 20-year reunion was held in a hotel right across the street from Donut Wheel. The Loft Hotel, which is kind of new. So mm. it was in the bar at the Loft Hotel. And uh, and the, the bar was closing down. It was like two. Was the Apple Campus there at the time? No, this was like this last summer. Oh, because I'm 39. Okay. Sorry, that's okay. No. I'm thinking okay, because I know Donut Wheel is next to the Apple camp- Campus. It is right. It's on the same side as the Apple Campus, though. And across the street, there's a hotel. Which and I- across the street from Donut Wheel, there's a hotel. So like the Apple Campus is like kind of it's like um, on Stevens Creek and uh, um, De Anza boulevard yeah mm-hmm. stevens That's creek and Dianza. yeah and then donut wheels like a block or two up from it and then there's the loft hotel is like almost right across the street from donut wheel and so a couple of us got all nostalgic for donut wheel because like you said it's 24 7 if you're in high school in cupertino you've hung out at donut wheel at like 4 a.m or uh-huh. whatever 
So we were like, let's go to Donut Wheel because I'm not done hanging out with you guys, you know. And so I went to Donut Wheel with uh, um, this girl that she was like the class president of my class that I was friends with. This other guy that I wasn't like I'd gone to school with him from third grade on up, but we were never really like friends. Mm -hmm. But like no, like meeting him as an adult, he's like really cool, and he's like come to some of my comedy shows and stuff. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, and then, and then the girl that bullied me in junior high. Uh oh. Um, and this other girl that I didn't really know that well. Did you make up with the girl who bullied you? Well, she started being nice to me in high school because I became a stoner in high school, which oh. in the 90s was a big deal. It's not like now where everybody's a stoner in the 90s. like You're, you were, you're a cool kid if you're the stoner. It wasn't just that you were a cool kid. You were fucking scary. Like, you, you <laughs> must know people that can kill people, uh-huh. which is, like, ridiculous, but, like... If people know you hang out with the stoners, they don't really fuck with you. Okay, so she started being nice to you. She started being nice to me. But then at the reunion, I kind of was like, I got the vibe that she was like, I'm not going to be nice to you anymore. And I'm like, come on. You're going to be the chick in junior high that's mean again. It was just like, she was just like, you know, like nothing I said. She wouldn't laugh at anything I said. And it was just weird. Um, see, I'm not looking forward. That's the second time I dropped my pen. I'm sorry. Uh, see, I'm not looking forward to my 20 year. I'm not even looking forward to my 10 year reunion. Uh, the 10 year reunion was weird because uh, it was like only successful people or people who were um, losers but didn't know they were losers. <laughs> or like I was that might be me right there. I was an I was an esthetician, so I knew I was a loser, but I knew that I could play off that I wasn't a loser just because I had like a, a job that sounds fancy but really isn't. Like most estheticians are like really poor and mm-hmm. you know, but they work in places that like seem fancy to people. So I did that. Um, so I was, and I mostly just wanted to see my best friend from like the eighth grade or the third grade. I mean. And you went to Donut Wheel, and did it meet expectations? So, okay, so... Or was it like, oh, this is a shithole? No, the donuts were awesome. Uh Uh-huh. And the coffee tasted exactly the same, and the same dude that worked there, that owned, like, that that owned it since I was in high school, was working, like... You know, he must be like a grandpa now, but he really kind of looks the same. But like he was the one working. Um, So it was very like nostalgically. It was like perfect. It was on point. So these kids come in and they're like these. They could have been in high school. or They could have been just out of high school. Uh, Anyway, the girl that I didn't really know. they come in. She goes, are you guys going to be here like after your 20 year high school reunion? And one wow. of the kids goes, no. Oh, ouch. And then, <laughs> and then he goes, is it your 20 year reunion? She goes, yeah. And uh, he goes, that sucks. And to like, be fair, she shouldn't have brought it up. She shouldn't have said it. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. We all just laughed. Uh-huh. Like it wasn't like we were like, "Oh my god, that kid just schooled us." We just thought it was funny. <laughs> um. So then they go up and we're like giggling and like uh, the girl that bullied me was like, "I wonder how old they are." 
So I, so I thought it would be funny. So I go, hey, are you guys legal or what? And uh, it was, none of the adults I was with laughed. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And the kid was like, and the kid was like, what? <laughs> and I was just like, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just kidding. And then, uh, and then uh, the chick that bullied me was like, we have to go. Oh, no. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, now everybody thinks like I'm a, an adult pedo, like a woman pedo. You know what? I see, that's that's I feel I might pull something like that on my yeah, TV yeah. reunion because I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I was a loser, but I was a pretty weird guy. Yeah. I'm still a weird guy. So I don't know. I, God knows what I, stupid shit I might say. Now, going back to what we were talking about first. Uh, you you were telling me about inspirations, which uh, Roseanne. Yeah, yeah. So and Roseanne Cho. and Margaret Cho were kind of big in the '90s, and then like Janine Garofalo. There were a lot of like uh, female comedians that I like looked up to, and I was kind of like, I kind of want to do that. But then I just didn't know where to get started. There was no there was no Facebook, there was no Bay Area Comedy Network mm-hmm. to like find open mics at. Uh huh. So how'd you um, do it? Well, I um, I'm see, I'm coming up on four years now, like in a month, um, cause I, uh, I decided cause I did improv, so I got into improv. Like an improv troop? Uh, yeah, I took improv classes and did like improv jams and stuff. Um, and just kind of did that on and off. And then there was a theater company that I worked with a lot called Renegade Theater Experiment. And I would do a lot of their plays and stuff. Um, guys, check out Renegade Theater Experiment uh, if they ever do a play again. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Uh, you were in improv. And oh yeah, I was this in, is before stand up improv. And then uh, one of the guys that I did improv with, that was really good. Um, I saw that he was teaching a class for San Francisco Comedy College, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to take a class from him because he's really good." And then I looked at it, and they had stand up classes. I was like, "You know what? I'm going to take the stand up class." And I took the stand up class, and. Um, and I enjoyed it and then I like kind of made friends with this some people in the stand-up class and we would write together and then I was like I can't afford this stand-up class uh so then I just started doing open mics and didn't really take the which I think is you gotta let go of like the class and just do open mics and like learn partly because did a class help you at all besides finding you networking um a little bit it yeah. just sort of helped me um kind of be accountable and write every week you know yeah. and like uh i got feedback like writing feedback uh which i wouldn't have known what to do you know so in that way it helped but then beyond that it didn't really after a while i was just paying money to hear the same people tell me you know yeah. Their own personal take on whoever. And like the teacher, uh, he he would give me advice and I would be like, that's like clearly not where I'm going with my bit. You know, like some people, when people uh, don't know your voice. 
they can't really have you do you think you find you. your voice yeah i, f- yeah. I think so yeah okay. um which is why you were confident to to tell the yeah, teacher like i this is what i'm going for got it yeah well i didn't i didn't tell him that but i just would sort of ignore some things like that didn't work and take other things that did work um but i um do you ever listen to the writer's block podcast i do not who it's runs that? Really good. It's a I forget his name, but he's a Daily Show writer, mm-hmm. um, and it's just all about writing for TV, basically, or, or film. But mostly, it seems like writing comedy for TV. Um, and so I I learn a lot listening to that podcast, and like a lot of uh, people who write for like Saturday Night Live they'll like watch stuff and like learn the voice of whoever so that they can write for them you know like mm-hmm. um like like somebody that writes for weekend update on saturday night live they would like watch all of tina Fey's bits so they could figure out like her voice so it would sound believable coming out of tina Fey's mouth and i f- i feel like the guy teaching me comedy didn't have a grasp on that concept you know Mm -hmm. like you'd just be like that's not funny and i'd be like well it's not funny because you're uh a man and you don't understand what i'm fucking talking about you know like you know he he was just like well you're an old white dude and you don't understand other people's points of view that's why you don't think it's funny Uh you know i didn't like that, like like but... Jerry Lewis not used to seeing female comics. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Not quite that bad, but every okay. once in a while, a little bit. Like uh, like I had this bit about um, I had this bit about like old lady vibrators. Like uh, about like I found one of my mom's catalogs, uh, and like it had vi- a vibrator section. Like it was all old people shit, but then it had like a vibrator section. Uh-huh. They were like very like they looked like penises and then like I had like I'm like that like the designs are much more modern now. Like they don't even look like penises. They look like you know, like you could just keep it on your windowsill as a knickknack. Nobody would even know it was a dildo. Right. You know. <laughs> Use it to you know for your hair, I don't know, to hold it up or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh and then um I think in the original form of the joke, I said something like uh, about like how it it's gonna make penises obsolete or men obsolete, and he was just like horrified by that idea. It was a lot funnier, oh. but I I, yeah, like, I see where I you're going with this, it, yeah. But I was just like, really, you're that threatened by a dildo, really, you know that kind of thing. Um, anyway i got sidetracked but that's that was my hmm. intro to comedy and then i yeah moved this on. whole comedy school i got mixed feelings about it like i feel a part of it is beneficial but part of me like you know to be certified you know putting air quotes on certified i, I personally have issues with that that's uh, a huge yeah that's especially ridiculous. recently in the news came out that emerson college it's a private college that does film stuff they're giving yeah. they're giving out in Boston, right? Uh, yeah, they're yeah. they're giving a bachelor's degree in comedy. In my mind, is like, what the fuck does that mean? I mean, right? Like for me, the way I see, especially in stand up, it's 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 something. It's like podcasting, where I take all the classes of podcast in the world, but it's me doing it and feeling how I want to do it. Yeah. 
as opposed to getting certified I'm, I'm an official podcaster or whatever yeah like, so you know what i'm saying yeah i'm going with this why yeah why would you get a degree in comedy like that's that's a huge rip off right there and that is not, not and it's i mean if you think <laughs> the film industry is bad comedy is i mean even... i even think <laughs> i even think now having a theater degree or kind of almost having a theater degree like i realize nobody like the reason i haven't gone back and taken that class is because nobody care like you can say you have a theater degree nobody fucking is gonna go back and check if you completed every class for your theater degree they might do it for say your medical degree yeah or your law degree or like or people's lives are actually at risk here yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> nobody's gonna care if you didn't take one class because uh, i'll oh, start to interrupt because it's a skill that you it's a skill that you like you could have a comedy degree but that doesn't make you funny it's so subjective yeah <laughs> like too subjective to even be given a yeah. a, a, a credentials but that's just my take but, I'm, sh- I'm sure um, there's people out there that believe different the thing about a comedy class uh is like like i hear a lot of comedians like you can't you can't teach comedy. Well, yeah, you can. You can teach writing and you can mm-hmm. teach like being on stage. Mm-hmm. But you, at some point you have to go out and do comedy. Right. And um and like there's so many aspects to it like a lot of comedians will be like like stand-ups will be like oh, I don't need improv. I'm like, but why wouldn't you take improv? You should. Like why wouldn't you? Yeah. It's just it's just like an extra skill to have. Like why wouldn't you do that? That's fucking stupid. That's a good resource. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, and I, I tried improv um, yeah. and I got kicked out. But, you did. Where would you take but, it? But but Sanzi State. <laughs> like there's yeah. a, there's an improv group in Sanzi State that's student run. Oh. And I guess I'm just not what they're looking for. Uh, oh, did you have to audition uh, for it? No. They said it was open improv. And then one but day then they're they like, uh, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I, I guess I'll stick with stand-up. That's but, but 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 It's uh, weird. But coming in, um, coming in, it's, like, it's good to have a good set of skills. Yeah. And, you and, should maybe take an improv class before you give <laughs> up on it, because that yeah. just sounds like that's a group yeah. of assholes who didn't. Uh, they they were, they were clicky, and they did. They, yeah. It sounds like they didn't know how to teach. Other, they didn't want to teach other yeah. people stand up. They just wanted to do stand up, but or not stand up improv. Sorry, yeah, but but you know, they didn't want to uh, teach improv. I met Ben Haramio. I'm, I'm sure you've met him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's doing like an improv uh, group. Yeah, I have and, to. I have to go. And it's a lot of fun with that, you know, maybe maybe because they're my friends, perhaps, but like I had a good time. But yeah, you're right. It's a good skill to have. Now, where was the first time you ever done stand up at? Um, Apart from the class? Yes. uh, I think the first time I did it was at um, the Brit in San Jose because I did, or no, I guess the improv because I did like, there was a contest like a really like super amateur contest at the improv. Was this part of the class or was it separate? It was separate from the class. Wow. Already um, at the improv. Yeah, but it was, I mean, that's like doing a Wednesday show at the improv. It, it was probably on a Wednesday. No, it was on a Tuesday because I went to the open mic at the Brit, which used to be on Tuesdays. Um, or maybe, it, 
was it? It was either Tuesday or Wednesday, which means nothing at the improv. That's like when people do bringer shows mm-hmm. or bullshit contests, like bringer contests. Uh-huh. Um, so I did I did the contest and then like uh, a couple of people in the who were in the contest with me. Pete Munoz was one of the people, and then Damon Ferguson was like a judge in the contest. We all went to the Brit afterwards and did the open mic at the Brit. So that was like my first real open mic. Uh, And then I think I went to another open mic at Plan B, which is no longer around. Planned Parenthood? No, it was called Plan B. I didn't know you could have an open mic at a Planned Parenthood clinic. No, it was a bar in San Jose. um, And I did that. And then... um, Well, how, how did you do the first time? That's improv. Do you think you did well? I did well, yes. I yeah. came in second. So wow. That's it wasn't well. for the whole contest. It was like the preliminary round. So mm-hmm. I went to another round and then I didn't make it. How about at the uh, the Brit? How did you do? I did I did good at the Brit. I was like flying high from doing well at the improv though. So I did okay at the Brit, I think. Right. Might not have done okay at the Brit. Like the Brit was very hit or miss. Yeah. Um, like most of them. Did mics. you go to the Brit ever? I was how long have I was you not, been doing stand up? I was stand-up? not doing stand up. This was like four years ago. Yeah. So. I, I, I started doing stand up a year and a half ago. Oh, okay. So I'm so still, yeah, I'm still very, very, you know. We're not. At all, yeah. Because the caravan was around when you started. Yeah. So yeah, that's the so, caravan. Because uh, the Brit used to be Atu's room. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, like I have I'm a. i get some more vodka. That's yeah, okay. totally. I'll just take the. I'm sure there's enough vermouth in here. Okay. But uh, while you're doing that, uh, yeah, uh, you know, and sometimes I hesitate doing a bar open mic sometimes because you know, like let's say I did a showcase mm-hmm. and I'm doing, and I'm hot flying high on that. Yeah, yeah. And then you go to a open mic and you just bomb and it takes you like. It really hits you. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. Open mics. I go to open mics because of uh, the people that are there at the open mic. Like, if there's people I like to hang out with at an open mic, then that's, then I'll go, you know, like. So you're very selective. I'm not, well, I'm not that selective, but like, you know, I'll go, you know, like sometimes you just keep going to an open mic and then eventually you'll make friends with whoever goes to that open mic. But yeah, open mics are very social for me. Like too social for you? No, I no. wouldn't say oh. that. Um, I, I sometimes find them too social for you. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, like I like like there's some days where I'm like, oh, I, I I don't want to talk to anybody right now. I just want to. I want to talk the to ball. the people I want to talk to. I don't want to uh-huh. talk to anybody, like everybody, uh-huh. all the time. You know, but there's. Like, a, you know, you make, you make your friends in comedy and then you go to open mics with them. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then I, it doesn't become as much. I don't know. Now, I used s- to hate going to open mics because I didn't know anybody. And then oh. I would just be like sitting around waiting to do my set um, and like hanging out with my, you know, friend. If I was hanging out with my friends, it was fine to wait around to do your set at like yeah 12 30 or whatever <laughs> yeah 
Now, uh, I want to go to a different subject, mm. which is, uh, you know, especially now, uh, woman in comedy. You know, you're a woman in comedy. Right. And do you, is there uh, in any way uh, her... Because I have a lot of upcoming, like, new female comedians. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is there any tips that you would give them? No, just write more. Just write more. And get up more. And don't... And just keep asking to get booked. You know, like, if you find out... And this goes for dudes, too. Uh-huh. If you know somebody that has a showcase, talk to them a couple times. And then uh, ask if that you can be on their showcase. If they don't know you that well, get some footage of yourself doing comedy and send them some footage. Don't get bogged down in, like, uh, you know, just do what you would do for any other job. Just do the work to do it, you know? There's the people that worry the most about, like, people not booking them because they're a woman. Sometimes it's like, you're not that good of a comedian. Did you ever think maybe that's what, like, sometimes mm-hmm. it is because they're a woman. You just move on and don't, like, talk to that guy. Like, just, you don't need to fuck with that guy. If he's if you really think he's not booking you because you're a woman, don't fuck with that guy. Or what I, do, what I like to do is just constantly annoy them. Like, every time they announce that they're booking, I'm like, hey, keep me in mind. And they're always like, oh, it's booked already. I'm like, well, fuck you. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but don't, like, because sometimes... A really unfunny female comedian will constantly rant that people like aren't booking her because she's a woman mm-hmm. but some like sometimes you don't get booked because you're not funny hmm. now and there was a, a recent thread on the uh, Bay area comedy network about right. I'm sure you, you know you know where I'm going with this I do uh, do you feel personally like that has in it and you experienced any of that I have not experienced that stuff personally, but I've talked to enough women that have that I like, I know it's not, they're not just like crazy, you know, like Mm -hmm. I've had a, a lot of female and it's, it's a lot of the same guys, like three or four women will say this thing about like the same guy usually. So, so yeah, I mean. But then there's sometimes where they're like, a guy told a rape joke, and that's that makes me feel unsafe. And, like, in that instance, I'm like, oh, shut up. You know, like, <laughs> it's, it's somebody telling a joke on stage. They're telling a joke on stage. They're not coming up to you and saying, I'm going to rape you. Like, it's not the same thing. Okay. You know, but, like, actual conduct, like, workplace conduct, like... You know, like, be professional and and don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you can say whatever the fuck you want on stage, but there's a way to treat people when you're off stage. Yeah. And uh, you know that line. If you're a dude, you, you do know what line. You, like, I hate when, like, I haven't really actually heard any guys in comedy say this, but, like, in other professions, I've heard guys say, well, I don't know what is okay to say to a woman and what isn't. I'm like, yeah, you fucking did. It's pretty common sense. Yeah. It's it's like any other person, you know? It's, 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 yeah. But, oh, yeah. Uh, You've been traveling quite a bit. 
I did. Yeah, I did a, a little uh, road trip to New York. How was that? It was an adventure. Was it? It was really fun, actually. I uh, I did Portland and Seattle and Denver and Chicago and then New York and Pennsylvania. Wow. Did, um, you, did you find the crowds to be receptive mm-hmm. to your comedy? Yeah, yeah. I did, uh, I did pretty well in uh, most of those places. So, And then I did some uh, open mics. I'm trying to think. I didn't do too many showcases in... Um, Portland, so I mostly did open mics in Portland. Mm. Um, but did you uh, notice the a shift in comedy culture in these different cities? Um, I've noticed uh, that. Yeah, well, let's see. I I found uh, in in uh, Portland and Seattle at the open mics, the comedians will stand watch at the open mics. Which so they're more supportive. They're more supportive, yeah. <laughs> That's good to But know. they also have, like, a lot of, like, actual... Well, especially Portland has, like, actual, like, comedy theaters that kind of support, like, the... So the community in general are supportive of the arts. Yeah, yeah, Got for it. sure. Um, and uh, and then it, sometimes I think it depends on the open mic, like... Um, but, you know, like, if you're doing, like, an open mic where everybody's really an open micer... And, uh, like, not a lot of people have uh, gotten paid work. Where in San Francisco, like, there's, there's like, varying... There's a lot of varying levels. Like, there's a lot of people that have done, like, the punchline and roosters and um, have gone up to L.A., you know, and they kind of mix with the open micers. And so there's, there's like, a lot more hierarchies, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe because we're so close to L.A. Um, whereas I think in Portland, Seattle, you're kind of all at the same level until you fucking decide to move to L.A. or New York, mm. you know, and then um, and then uh, Denver was a kind of a, like a mix between here and those places like uh I didn't do an open mic in Denver. I got like every showcase I asked to be on put me on, um, and like the comedian, they're all really friendly, but they're all really good. Um, and like the one, oh, I did do some open. I the one open mic I did was like, like it was clearly like we're like the open micers, mm-hmm. you know. I I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm explaining. No, oh, yeah. It very clearly, um, and but then in a lot like of, there's the veterans and there's people who are just getting started. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Um, and then uh, in Denver, a lot of the comedians are also like writers, so they they all like, you know, write for websites or something like that. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Like yeah. they're all real writers. Like it, even if they weren't comedians, they were like writers fascinating yeah wow and new york did you find it to be uh as cutthroat as they say it is um no No. uh well i've been to new york a couple times because i've done a couple like uh festivals in new york um and i didn't really venture out that much to like the open mics and stuff but this last time i did a couple open mics because uh the thing about New York is there's a there's a lot of open mics that you 
pay admission to get into. And uh, mm, that's something. It's one of those things where uh, there are all the places that it, it actually might help your career to do the open mic at those places and get on the showcases or whatever. So, um, so that's kind of weird because here nobody would fucking stand for that. People would be like, I have to pay $3 to get into your open mic. Fuck you. Or they like, uh, um, one of them, I, I had to buy a drink and they would check off if you bought a drink. And also at the open mics, like everybody thinks of New York as like this place where like all these great people go. But uh, the open mics, the two of the open mics I went to were just embarrassingly bad. Like, I was, like, embarrassed for those people that they got up on stage. I was uh. like, "What? are you kidding me? They were in Manhattan, you know, which is, like, the epicenter of New York. And, and then I did, uh, and then I didn't open mic in Queens. And everybody, or no... Was it Queen? No, it was in Brooklyn. I did an open mic in Brooklyn. uh, And then I did a showcase in Queens that had an open mic before it. And everybody on that open mic was awesome. And I even met a girl that I was just like, I, you're so good. I have to be friends with you. (laughs) You know? Um, Wow, you really made an impression. (laughs) I've yet to meet somebody who's like, Jorge, I want to be friends with you. Like, I have. I mean, I have friends, but nobody overly has. Yeah, she me. was really good, and uh, and yeah. then she she was telling me like where she'd been, and she did. Uh, she visited San Francisco, and she did like all the like good places, like all the good showcases in San Francisco, and like knew all the all the people that are probably gonna make it in San Francisco, you know. So I was like, ah, oh, see, yeah, see, you're the real deal. There you um, go. And then, and then I did another open mic in Brooklyn and it was, uh, it was more like here where it was like, it was more like a San Francisco open mic where it was like people left after their set. They didn't necessarily stay hmm. to watch you do your set and everybody was like pretty good, but there were some people that really stunk and there were some people that were really great, you know? Yeah. Wow. Well, we've hit that one hour mark. We're past that one hour mark. Oh, okay. We usually start closing down. Okay. Uh, but for the most part, you know, it's, uh, I think you got a lot of very, very good, insightful background. Uh, okay. You're the real deal. I mean, you, <laughs> you come from a writing, acting, and you incorporate that in your stand-up. And for me, it, it makes it uh, your level of stand-up. And I'm not, I'm not trying to kiss ass here, but I, I legitimately like what you do uh, with your stand-up. Thank you. And let's end off with uh, what's your process when it comes to writing a joke? Mm. Well, I try every time I sit down and try and write for the sake of writing, nothing happens. And then, uh, but I feel like that's a good thing to do anyway. You just got to do that because sometimes something happens mm-hmm. and you want to be prepared but mostly it's just something makes me laugh and then I'll be like, oh, I should do a bit about that. <laughs> and also I've realized like writing with other people helps me a mm-hmm. lot. Yes. Not just uh, not just talking with them, but just even just being around people silently writing. Yes. Like helps a lot for some reason. 
yeah, I, I'm a big believer in that. Uh, mm. I, I believe uh, when I was vice of San Jose State Film Production Society, I wanted to create a writer's room where mm-hmm. where people just come in and you just start writing. And the whole idea wasn't That's so much to, to, to teach people, but when you're in that environment, a creative environment, it, it, it's contagious. It gets on you. You know, like for me, uh, like when it comes to writing poetry, uh, usually it's, it's like when I write poetry, I write the best from, with my poetry friends. Comedy, right. I feel like I write the best with all my comedians. Right. Filmmaking, I feel what I want with the other filmmakers and we're just chatting it up about our ideas. I get I get inspired by these people. Right. And that kind of fuels some creative juices in you. Right, to right. To get out. Yeah. You know, because there's some people that try to do, you know, like, oh, I'm on my own kind of thing. I mean, if it works out for them, great. But for the most part, I think uh, it's it's very healthy to be in a group of uh, writers. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends. Uh, at least as far as screenwriters and comic writers, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've had some bad experiences with, uh, like, like novel writers and stuff like that. Oh, really? If you think comedians are insecure... Oh jeez! You got another coming if you're trying to get <laughs> get a book published or something. Oh jeez! Uh, yeah. Have you ever considered writing a book or anything like that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I like to sure. write. Um, uh-huh. But I I like to write screenplays because I think that was that awesome. was my emphasis uh, at San Jose State was screenwriting. So right, that's my emphasis now. Wow. Oh okay. Yeah, I, I'm a reader for Cinequest. Like I read. The, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm like I kind of drifted away from that because of uh, just doing comedy. But I I think I definitely just need to like have more writing projects. Mm, staying busy. Uh, yeah, exactly. You, you gotta flex that muscle. You do. Yes. Yes. So. Iris Benson, thank you for coming. Thank you where, for having me. Where can uh where can people find your stuff? Um, I have a website, irisbenson.com. I have to pay the bill, but there's content on it that you can watch. Uh, I've noticed they don't update my Twitter statuses if I don't pay the bill, but it's still up. What's your Twitter? Uh, my Twitter is Benson underscore Iris. And then, uh, I also have a Facebook that's, uh think iris dot benson underscore one uh <laughs> mm-hmm. um and i'm performing at melt on monday melt cafe in san francisco perfect this pop this podcast is coming out on sunday sweet so yeah All it's right. perfect timing uh, melt uh somebody else runs that too right I, uh griffin daily griffin is daily. Like the main guy and I've, then... I've met him for the first time on wednesday when i did the oh, okay. px comedy showcase uh oh, I, I met okay him okay nice sweet guy yeah Good he's guy. really he's like he's so funny he's like a character out of 70s england mm-hmm. like it's he's I, he's really cool i like him but yeah i i actually book uh one of the nights on melt and then a couple other people book it uh, You're pretty busy. Well, I'm surprised I didn't bring this before because you also run a night at Agave. I do. I and you also doing... have a, a nine and tenth, nine tenth comedy, or it's that? called nine tenths of reality. Nine tenths of reality. What yeah. is that? It's uh, it's just uh, then, um, I wanted it to be like uh, a comedy. It's uh, just a comedy production company. So it's uh, 
right now we just booked the show at Agave and I decided I wanted it but I would like to do like sketches and improv through it and stuff too wow awesome and people can find that on Facebook yes nine tenths of reality productions and the melt on Monday the melt on Monday Iris thank you for coming thank you for having me